Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So we've had some time now to sit back and analyze what really went wrong Thursday night in that Thursday night fright, the Thursday night disaster, the 40-20 to loss to the Chicago Bears. And has me thinking about a few things. Number one, we got to bounce back against the Atlanta Falcons. This is a team that's scoring 16.6 points per game. Doesn't matter your defense has given up 32. Uh, they score half of that. You've got to be able to get some stops, get off the field, and give Sam Howell a chance to maybe build a lead. And when you think back to last season, what made this defense successful when they were playing with the lead, when they were able to put pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. They are never good when they're playing from behind. Uh, they just always give up explosive plays. That has to stop Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. I'm taking all opinions. Do you have any answer? Do you have any idea how to fix Jack Del Rio's defense? That's the question of the day on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. So the sports junkies had Jonathan Allen on the show. They have him on the show every Monday during the NFL season. And they asked him, what's going on with this defense? How do you fix this? Because this is a defense that last year, at the end of the year, was top 10 in almost every category, and was actually number one in third down conversions. This year, in almost every category, they're 25th or worse in the National Football League. Here's Jonathan Allen, the D-tackle for the junks, D-tackle for the commanders on the junkies. What's going on oh, man, with the I, defense? The easy answer, we know we would have a fix, but I, you know, I, I think we just need to get back to the basics as far as players, um, taking accountability first and foremost. I think everyone's going to be looking for an easy way out, a, a quick way to fix the solution overnight. But I think let's just get back to the basics. Let's go back, let's look at the film. Let's see what we can improve, and let's get back to doing the little things right. You know what I mean? Um, fundamentally sound football. And I think that's the first step we're going to take this week. I love how he always takes it on himself for this team to get better, but he's right. They have to get better at the little things, like third and seven, not letting the Bears run for a first down, uh, not letting Justin Fields just run around the outside on a key third down and pick it up with his legs because they didn't have good gap integrity. And that's been the issue the past three weeks. Not just That's the issue right there. That's why this defense has looked bad, because the Bills have a running quarterback in Josh Allen. The Eagles have a running quarterback in Jalen Hurts. And the Bears have a running quarterback in Justin Fields. And there's something about when this defense faces off against running quarterbacks that they think too much, you know. And because of that, they're not able to get home. They're leaving gaps. Uh, they're worrying too much about the quarterback that they're forgetting the running back and burn them as well. The defense has been bad. And according to NFL.com, they are ranked as the 21st ranked defense. And they say it's 2022 all over again. They say the last year the commander's defense allowed 1039 passing yards to opponents in its first four games washington's secondary was awful surrendering average of 105.2 quarterback rating with a 10 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio and opponents also averaged 7.9 yards per attempt fast forward to 2023 we're seeing the exact same problems with the secondary while there's a lot of time 
to turn things around. Consecutive seasons of this happening should put Jack Del Rio's job in jeopardy. I've already said he should be on the hot seat. They say he's safe for now, but things will change if Washington keeps wasting a top 10 pass rush with a secondary allowing 10 touchdowns with a 102.1 average quarterback rating through five weeks. And look, I, the secondary was an issue last year. We were just talking about this with Michael Phillips. I do think that now you can say, hey, maybe Derek Forrest was never that good. All right. It, it, he had a couple interceptions last year. They fell into his hands on an opposing team's quarterback, basically just punting it deep. All right. You have Benjamin St. Juice. He made some plays last year, but it seems like he's regressed. Kendall Fuller absolutely does not have the speed that he had when he came into the NFL. He's an issue. Emmanuel Forbes. I don't understand why they're playing him so far off the ball. And then he's making a play on the ball and then getting burnt afterwards. It feels like something's either wrong with the scheme or it's just Emmanuel Forbes is not that good. And I'm not ready to say that he's not that good. So defensively, we knew this secondary had issues. Well, that's why they drafted Forbes. That's why they drafted Quan Martin. They just haven't made an impact. You know, that's why they brought over Cody Barton in the offseason. Cody Barton might be the worst defensive player on this team right now. He can't guard anyone. He, he's getting blocked like crazy in the running game, and it's a major hole on this defense. I get it. Linebackers aren't like they used to be when we were growing up, where they were the stars of the defense. When it was Brian Erlacher, London Fletcher, Luke Keekley, all, all these great middle linebackers. Well, now it's more about the pass rush, but you still need a decent middle linebacker to make plays. And Cody Barton is not that guy. According to Pro Football Focus, the Commander's defense is ranked 19th this season. They say the Commander's defense shouldn't be so low on this list, but they seem to be stuck allowing explosive plays in the passing game. They are currently 24th in EPA, despite ranking 12th in success rate. The miscommunication on the back end in 2021 have reared their ugly head once again through the first five weeks of play. Yeah, it's all coming back. It's coming full circle. And you know who is to blame? It's Jack Del Rio. Because it's Hack Del Rio's schemes that were never any good in 2021. It was a fluke last season that they turned things around. And now that we look back at last season, the reason they turned it around is because they were not going against good football teams. We had the easiest schedule. The easiest schedule. And we couldn't win when it mattered. That's what's so frustrating. This is a commander's team that never had a good defense. They had a good defensive line. They never played defense as a team. And that's been my biggest issue with Jack Del Rio's defense since he came here to Washington. So you look back at last season when they went on that run, all right, and it did start week 11 with the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, next week they beat up on a terrible Houston team. The week after that they beat up on a terrible Falcons team. I mean, look at the big wins last year. The Indianapolis Colts, the Chicago Bears, uh, the week one, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Anytime we played against a good offense, they gave up a ton of points. The Lions, the Eagles, Dallas Cowboys, the Vikings, the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, look back at last season. The defense was a fluke. They only played well against teams that have a terrible offense or have a bad quarterback. So it, it should be not a surprise to people that the defense has taken a step back. The reason that people are shocked on it is because they're looking at this defensive line and saying, man, those are two guys that just got paid in the inside in Payne and Allen and two guys on the outside that are playing to get paid in Montez Sweat and Chase Young. The problem is that you have 11 guys on the field on defense. It's not just up to four guys. 
All right? And they have not been good enough themselves. So that's why I've been saying you need to send more guys to the quarterback. But it seems like anytime we blitz, we then get the top knocked off us and we give up a deep play. Um, I'm, I'm really racking my brain trying to solve this Jack Del Rio issue with the defensive side of the ball. And I think the only solution might be to have somebody else call the plays. Because I don't know that these guys get fired up for Jack Del Rio anymore. I don't think that they bought into his schemes. They're all free-balling. They're all doing their own things. You think it was Jack Del Rio's scheme to have Kendall Fuller try to jump that pass against DJ Moore? You know, you think it was Jack Del Rio's scheme to have Emmanuel Forbes jump a double route? No, they're doing their own thing out there because they don't trust what they've got going on in the back end. They don't trust the schemes and the play calling from Jack Del Rio. I think him and Ron Rivera have completely lost the locker room. Rivera, because he doesn't even have anything to say to the team at halftime. You have Jonathan Allen coming out and telling you guys who spoke at halftime. Let's roll that clip from the Junkies and their interview with Jonathan Allen talking about who actually spoke at halftime of the blowout loss to the Chicago Bears. Uh, Chase and Del Rio, and, you know, we, we talked to the uh, – they talked to the defense – and then Jamie Reeves, um, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with his injury or whatever happened, but he talked to the team, and it was it, it, it was it was some good stuff. It was some good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Again, when when thing, we have a game like you did last Thursday, there's going to be a lot of blame to throw around. But as a team right now, what we have to do is circle the wagons. Even though we have not played the last three games like we wanted to, we're still two and three. We still have everything in front of us, and we just have to get back to the grind. We have guys- to break things down, go back to simplifying things. And we just have to play better football. And that's what it comes down to. It comes down to the fact that they're just not inspired. They were not inspired to come out hot Thursday night. The Chicago Bears were. Matt Eberflus had a more inspirational pregame speech than Ron Rivera. And then you heard who talked at halftime? Chase Young. Chase Young fired the guys up. And you know what? They won that third quarter 11 to nothing. So maybe Chase Young uh, should be giving pregame speeches here instead of Ron Rivera uh, or Jack Del Rio or anybody else. Because they're not getting inspired. And that's what it comes down to. I really think when you watch this team this season, there are certain games where they're not inspired. I don't think they were inspired to start hot week one against the Cardinals. They certainly weren't inspired in Denver, right? I mean, my goodness, they went down 18 points with the quickness. Then the Bills game, not inspired. They got fired up to lose to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's a division rivalry game. You don't need a coach to make a pregame speech. And then you come back on Thursday Night Football and you lay an egg. That's on the coaching, and and that's on uh, not getting the boys fired up. It just seems like a team that doesn't have enough inspiration to go out there and win games. That's why I believe Ron Rivera has lost the the locker room. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. We go around the NFL with an overreaction Tuesday next on NFL Hits. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So through five weeks of the NFL season, it's pretty obvious who the best teams are. I mean, you got two teams that are still undefeated, and the 49ers and the Eagles, and I can't believe uh, we have to wait till December to see these two teams match up against each other. That's going to be a ton of fun December 3rd, 5-0 Niners against the 5-0 Eagles. Uh, you got the Chiefs still doing their thing. Haven't looked terrific this season, but they're still 4-1. and That Dolphins offense is incredible, even though 
Uh, Devon Achan is now going to miss multiple weeks with an injury. They still have got Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, you know, they traded for Chase Claypool, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. That offense will be on right. Uh, they'll be all right. The Detroit Lions surprising a lot of people. Four and one uh, this season, and those are basically the top teams. I think you would put the Bills up there, even though they just lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. We'll get into that a little bit later here because I did just find out that the Bills only flew to London on Friday, and that is—I don't think that's enough time to get your body ready to play an NFL game after a long uh, plane ride, and you're playing in a different country. Um, so I, I'm, I would have taken a page out of the Baltimore Ravens playbook. Uh, they're going to head there on, I believe, today so that they'll have practice on Thursday and Friday to get ready to play in London. But it is time for an over and reaction Tuesday here on AWOD Radio on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on AWOD Radio. All right, so some of these overreactions are bits and pieces that I found on ESPN, The Athletic, USA Today, and other networks that cover the NFL, and I'll tell you whether or not Awad agrees or disagrees. Number one, this will be Belichick's final season as the Patriots coach. They say it's so bad right now. Pick a stat from that game. It's more horrendous than the one before it. The combined minus 69-point differential over the past two games is worse than any two-game stretch in franchise history. It's the first time since 1970 the Patriots have lost two straight games by 30 or more points. Now, I do agree that this will be Belichick's final season with the Patriots unless Kraft lets him stick around and they have the worst record in the NFL and they have a shot at Caleb Williams. At that point, I think they'll let him stick around and basically restart the same system that he had with Tom Brady with an incredible quarterback in Bel- Belichick. But I will agree, I think this is, right now the way it's looking, probably his final season in charge of the Patriots. Another one, the new look Ravens offense isn't better this season than it was last season. Look, I I disagree with this. They say that the Ravens had a chance Sunday to seize control of the AFC North. I do agree with that. They had the game won in Pittsburgh. Would have gotten uh, gotten them to 3-0 in the division, all with road victories. Uh, But, look, the offense made a few mistakes. But I think that came down to more of receivers dropping passes. And Pittsburgh's defense is fantastic. And they were at home. And Tomlin always comes up with a good game plan against Harbaugh. I think the Ravens' offense will be all right. Zay Flowers looks like a really good piece. Odell Beckham's been in and out of the lineup with injury, uh, but Mark Andrews ha- has been good, and and I-, I think Lamar looks, you know, not like his MVP self, but he's looking much better than he has in the last few seasons. I'm still all in on the Ravens. Uh, the Giants will have a top five pick in next year's draft. I- I'm here to admit I was wrong. You heard Funny Danny called me out for it yesterday. I was stupid enough to believe in the New York Giants, not just to be a decent team this season, but to win the division. Because the trend says that the division has not had back-to-back champions in 20 years. Turns out the trend is that every 20 years, it's the Philadelphia Eagles that win it back-to-back. They're going to win it again this year. They're 5-0. and uh, They did it 20 years ago with McNabb. They're doing it again with another talented quarterback in Jalen Hurts. The Dolph, uh, the Giants are, are just getting worse. The offensive line can't protect anyone. 
Uh, Tyrod Taylor had to come into the game because Daniel Jones left with a neck injury. We don't know if he's even going to be able to return this weekend. Not that Tyrod gives them a better chance to win because that offensive line is just terrible. Um, Saquon Barkley's missing games now with a right ankle injury. The Giants' offense is just terrible. Defensively, they're not much better. Uh, yeah, I think they will have a top-five pick in next year's draft. The Vikings need to seriously consider trading Kirk Cousins and planning for the future. I agree with this, and that's why I say they should just sit Justin Jefferson as well. Uh, Cousins hasn't been the only problem uh, for the Vikings this season, but he is a big part of the problem. I, I really think that they are regretting letting Dalvin Cook go in the offseason. Alexander Madison has been decent, but he has not been a top 10 running back. That's what Cook was last year. They're now 1-4, and four, and Justin Jefferson heading to the IR. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Kirk get traded. Uh, the Cowboys are not on the 49ers level. That was obvious. I knew the Cowboys were in trouble going into that game because the Niners are by far the best team in the National Football League. I mean, it's hard to stop them right now, offensively and defensively. Um, it, it, what's so interesting is they made Micah Parsons just a regular guy. Whether it was Trent Williams or the right tackle or the guard, Micah Parsons got no pressure on Bo Brock Purdy, who just sat back in that pocket and, and looked like Steve Young, throwing passes left and right all over that Cowboys team. And then Dak had a bad game uh, for the Cowboys offensively. You know, they put a lot on Tony Pollard's plate here, moving on from Ezekiel Elliott. And I don't think Pollard's been bad for them. Uh, but when you're giving him the rock that much, it's hard to also throw to him. Just hasn't worked out for the Cowboys offensively this season. And they got throttled by the Niners. So uh, let's get back to that London game. So the Ravens are spending an entire week in London preparing for the Titans. After a blowout loss six years ago in London, the Ravens are taking a much different route. So they headed overseas yesterday, which marks the earliest a team has ever traveled for an in international game. Remember, the Falcons played the Jags, the Jags won, all right? And then the Jags hung out in London for a full week and then used that to their advantage and defeated the Bills in, in a close-fought game. But the Bills left on Thursday for that London game. And I think that was a big factor why they had a sluggish start. Ravens coach John Harbaugh said, quote, The reason that we're heading so early, it's mostly driven by the fact that we didn't do well last time. So we did the opposite. There's no data, and we look for it to say when you should go out there and what's the ideal timing. I'll say this kind of in jest. What's the science on that? As often is the case, they really don't know. That's just the way it is. The Titans are waiting until Thursday after practice to fly out. I will be taking the Baltimore Ravens to win and cover the spread in London. Uh, they're going to be hanging out, relaxing, and be ready to play on Sunday. Well, the Titans, they'll still have some jet lag, uh, which I think is really going to affect them. Uh, injury news, we mentioned Justin Jefferson. He goes to the IR. Um, after playing in 92% of the team's offensive snaps, uh, it'll be the first time that he's missing a game since week three of 2020. Dolphins running back Devon Achan undergoing an evaluation on his knee. He's going to see uh, another doctor today to be reevaluated, but Mike McDaniel said Monday that it does look like he will miss at least two weeks. The star running back for the Dolphins has been one of the fastest players 
in the NFL. Uh, so that's disappointing for the Dolphins. But good news for Raheem Mostert, fantasy football holders like myself. Time for Raheem Mostert to get all the carries like he did once again in week one. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Phone lines are always open on AWOD Radio. You can be the quarterback or GM of this segment. Call into the fan. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And every Tuesday here at 1.30, we run around local sports in Richmond, Virginia, with CBS 6's sports director, Lane Casadante. What's going on, Lane? Hey, good afternoon, Adam. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. What's the biggest sports story in your world today? Today is a good question because it's uh, it's <coughs> excuse me it's a slower day than yesterday. Um, so today we are just going to catch up with uh, as many teams around the area in the Commonwealth as we can that are getting ready for this weekend's games, really. And we also will uh, we will unveil our final score Friday team of the week tonight at six and eleven as well. That's awesome. And so the CBS 6 910 The Fan High School football coaches poll for week eight is out with Trinity at number 10, Hopewell at nine, Hermitage at eight, Elsie Bird seven, Benedictine coming in at six, Dinwiddie five, Verina four, Manchester three, Thomas Dale two, Highland Springs number one. Were you shocked about any of the top 10 this week? Uh, the only uh, the only result that really surprised me was Trinity's uh pretty resounding defeat at the hands of a school called Rock Creek Christian, which is up in Maryland. Um, and that's the second. They Trinity only has two losses this year, but they were both the out-of-state programs, and they were both uh, fairly definitive losses. I think Trinity lost 42-7 to this past uh, Saturday. So that was the only one that really – that I think really took us by surprise, and it was reflected in their drop. I think they dropped from 5th to 10th this week. Thomas Dale continuing to win uh, with Ethan Mentor on the sidelines with an injury. The other Ethan comes in, and he's gotten the job done. Yeah, he has. Uh, and we talked with uh, with head coach Kevin Tucker last week. Thomas Dale was our team of the week last week. And they have, like every other team, they've been dealing with injuries all season. They are just starting to get healthy, with the obvious exception of uh, their QB1 to start the season, Minter is done for the year with his knee injury. So, you know, if they 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 uh, survived a little bit of a test at Matoaka last Saturday, uh, and if they get a couple of pieces back, they should be right at full speed, uh, just in time for the end of the regular season and the playoffs. And they're going to need every pair of hands that they have, being in Region Six. Uh, with you know they're going to ha- eventually Highland Springs is going to be down the road and then uh, the teams from the northern region are going to be right around the corner after that so they're going to need everybody ready and available by the end of the regular season. Let's move over to college football here with Lane Casadante on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow Lane on social media, Lane C TV Sports, and the two teams in the ACC: UVA and Virginia Tech. 
Virginia Tech, in my opinion, shown some signs of life for that program in the last two weeks. Big win against Pittsburgh. Looked decent against Florida State. Had it at a five-point game uh, there in the third quarter. UVA gets a win against William & Mary, but... I just don't like the way they're handling this quarterback situation uh, with the latest talk that they could possibly redshirt Anthony Calandria. Well, they, and then that's, that's their prerogative. He can play up to four games uh, and still have – they can save him for another year of his career. Um, at this point, uh, I don't know where the shift turns for Tony Elliott and his staff between – you know, trying to make this season as good as it can and looking forward to building for the future. Um, That's only a decision that he and his staff can make. You would think that by talking about redshirting Calandria, that would be a move for the future. Um, And, you know, that's also a pretty big gamble that Tony Musket is going to stay healthy for the rest of the season, which he hasn't done yet. So, um, that's a question that the staff has to answer. But, you know, I agree with you. Uh, going to redshirt him would seemingly be looking more towards maybe a year or two down the road rather than a month or two down the road. Lane, so we are just two weeks away from college basketball returning here in the state of Virginia. Of course, you know I'm excited for VCU. We got the black and gold game on Saturday. But the team I have the highest expectations for are the Lady Hokies. I am so fired up to see Elizabeth Kitley and Georgia Amore run that pick and roll once again. Yeah, and uh, making the Final Four and being the number one overall seed brought attention to that program that uh, that they, you know, have never had before. Uh, Kenny Brooks did this at JMU. He's done it down in Blacksburg now. Um, You can make the argument that they're one of the most consistent you know, if not the biggest threat in the Commonwealth to make a deep run this March. Um, and that's what, I mean, that captured a lot of our attention last year. So, yeah, you would love to see them be able to to do it again this year. Uh, I'm quite sure they're going to be picked among the top two or three in the ACC, as they should, with the pieces that they have coming back. Yeah, you, everybody has a right to get excited about them because there's no reason to think right now that they can't make a similar run this year. Lane, sorry to cut you off early. We've got a fire alarm going off in the building here, so we got to take a quick commercial break. We're going to throw on CBS Sports. I will be back. Even if I'm burning up in flames, I'll be back for the 2 o'clock hour. You're listening to AWOD on the fan.